Hey everyone, it's Pastor Jacob. Hope this message gives you encouragement, perspective, and revelation from God to give to others. Also, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram page, Fusion Student Media, and also follow me on Instagram, at Jacob underscore Malasa underscore. We hope you enjoyed the message. We started in the series called Stay. And this series has been a consistent of being consistent. Because sometimes we don't like being that way. Sometimes we just want to let things flow. We like to do our own thing or whatever. We're teenagers. That's what we do. You know how it is. But there's a place and a time where you have to start being consistent. And I know that's a weird word. Consistency and discipline are two words we don't like. That's just a weird word for me too. Because I'm not like that either. So I'm basically preaching to you guys and preaching to myself. So I'm very inconsistent and I'm not as well self-disciplined. I'm learning, but I'm just not there yet. But I've been learning that a lot more lately as I'm preaching this to you guys. I'm preaching, I'm making every Monday, which is obviously tomorrow, I always sermon prep on a Monday, and I preach to myself. And every time I preach to myself, the message always hits me a certain way. It could be different for you, but it hits me a certain way. And, and this series is really helping me learn how to stay consistent. Because you can come on a Sunday, you can come on a Wednesday and do your Christian thing, but what happens what you do on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? What, what, where's God in that week? Where's God in that weekend? And that's what I want to challenge you with in this series is more of a teaching of staying consistent with God and your walk with Him. So the title of this one, last week we talked about prayer. This week we're talking about stay consistent in the Word. Stay consistent in the Word. Um, so I've already told you all this from before, but I, I went to Bible college for two years, and I learned a lot of discipline from that place. In the name itself is Bible college. So a lot of scripture tests, a lot of Bible reading that I had to stay on track, which I wasn't. I wasn't on track with Bible reading at all. It was garbage. But, but I had to keep doing it to stay consistent. I had to learn discipline to stay consistent. And you can apply this to sports. You can apply this to music. It doesn't, you can't be consistent unless you discipline yourself. You can't stay consistent in playing an instrument if your fingers aren't going to hurt. All of us know that in instrument. Same thing with sports. You keep, to stay consistent, you have to discipline yourself to get past that pain of, oh, my muscles hurt, I can't, I can't play anymore. You have to go beyond that part. That's called discipline. You have to teach yourself to continue even though it hurts a little bit. You have to teach yourself that. Discipline is really hard. For some of us, it comes very easy. Who's easy? Like when, when discipline comes around easy, the only girl, the only girl in the, <laughs> the only girl. I appreciate that. Honesty, that's good. But for all the rest of us, it doesn't come easy at all. It doesn't come easy. We never truly conquer discipline. But does it, but don't you feel like this even in, like, like I said, like, like music, sports, even like artistry, whatever that looks like. Like for me, it was always keeping up with stuff. That, that's, that being consistent in that is horrible. Could mean like chores and stuff like that, but, but it was always difficult to stay in a consistency when I never learned it. I never conquered it. And nothing is, cause that's the funny thing. Cause like you think to yourself, this is my, I don't know how far y'all's brain is, but, but like if I vacuum my room the first day, I don't think I have to vacuum it again. Have you ever thought that before? Like I've always thought to my, you don't think that? I always thought to myself, I was like, you know what? This is the only time I'll keep it clean and everything, but I live with another hooligan, so I can't, you know, I can't really change that. 
but but like I'll vacuum my room, I'll clean up my stuff, and then all of a sudden it's like the same, and I'm like, I didn't do nothing. Like I literally did nothing in my room. Why is it like this again? And that's what that's where discipline comes in, where you constantly have to do it. I know it's a parent principle or whatever, but I'm applying this to the Word of God because some of us aren't consistent in it because we let the busyness of life or the guilt and the shame of our sin stop us from reading His Word or praying to Him. And I'm still going to stay in the in the in the picture of prayer. Because prayer is just as important as reading his word. Because in my, in my personal walk, I mean, you don't have to do this. It's not a religious thing. I just do it as a devotion, devotional thing. I usually pray and ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me through his word. And then I read my word. Because it really helps your heart get ready to receive what God's going to say in his word. And I do that all the time. Spiritually, because I talked last week, what did I talk about last week? I talked about your spiritual object permanence, which means even though you're not there, even though I don't see you, you're still there. That's object permanence. And I told you to, to exercise the spiritual piece of your object permanence. But this week, we're talking about spiritual discipline, where it comes from spiritually, if we don't learn discipline, our spiritual life begins to fall apart, and we wonder where God is and why he's being so quiet. And this applies to the word of God. This can apply to prayer. This applies to where if I don't hear him, feel him, or see him, I can't. We become baby atheists when it comes to that. We, if we don't hear or see God, we just think, man, is just is this really real? You ask yourself that. And that's okay. Doubt is, is good because that's where your faith can start to exercise itself. But if we don't really exercise our faith when doubt comes around, then we start to fall apart. But this morning, oh, hold up. I have a question first. I just almost missed that question. And I'm pretty sure we all struggle with this, but it's a good question to think to yourself. You don't have to answer it. Do you ever struggle to find time to spend each day with God? And I think we all struggle with that in some way, shape, or form. Some of us are actually busy. We actually have jobs. We actually have school. And some of us, we just laid back, and, and we just we don't think about it. And I get it. doesn't mean you're lazy. Just doesn't. It just means there's a lack of focus, which means that you're not as it's not in the front front part of your brain. And so that's why with that, I, I struggle with it. Let me tell you something. Every time I preach on a Sunday and then I sermon prep on a Monday, it's like it's so much at once. And I stay I struggle to stay consistent with reading my word. I do. As a pastor, it, it is hard because this is what I'm preaching to you. I'm not just preaching from my own personal gut. I'm preaching from the Word of God. And when, it, and when I have to do that, it's a constant feeding. And it's great. It's, it comes with its perks. But at the same time, it's like, man, I kind of want to take a break from this because it's like, it's just so much at once. And, and that's why you have to ask yourself, do I really struggle with finding time to spend with God. And I want this morning, I want to show you a few scriptures. I don't have any crazy points. I have a couple of little like good quotes, but but I want to list, list through a few scriptures that I wrote down to see in scripture how we can meet with God often and successfully because this is not just prayer, it's also reading your word. Matthew chapter 6 verse 6 is my first scripture I want to talk about. And this is when Jesus was this is obviously he was dealing with pharisaical people. He was dealing with hypocritical people that showed a, a, a front face of, I can pray out loud. I can read this. I can memorize that. 
but they never really experienced a relationship with God in their heart. And so Jesus is challenging the Pharisees in this area where they would pray outside to the synagogue and they would pray out loud. But Jesus challenged them with this. He said in verse 6, But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who, is, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And that's the first thing I want to talk about. Going away into our secret place with God can be difficult at times. And it can be. I'm not saying that you're lazy. Because some of us do actually have time to pray. But what I'm saying is it's a struggle. And the reason why I think it's a struggle because a lot of the times the enemy and our flesh like to, you know, bat, like tag team and fight with our spiritual warfare that we already have, trying to read the word, trying to pray. But there's so many other distractions and so many other hindrances that come in the way that cause that. And I thought to myself, I was like, secret place, you know, that's, you know, I've never really, I've never really had an actual secret place. I always had to find it. Like you always have to find a place to be alone. Like if you live with like example, me, for example, I live with a family of like six or seven. There's no quiet place ever, ever. Like there's never a spot. How many of y'all have like a family of like four or five, six, seven, maybe 25, like something in that regard. I literally, like literally there's like no quiet place at all. I go in my room, hooligan playing video games. I try and go in the living room. My parents are watching TV. I try and go in the kitchen. They always snacking in the kitchen. I try, I like, I literally had to ask mom, can I go in your room? Can I like have like a quiet spot? And it was weird because you don't want to go in your parents' room, but like I had to. There was no other place until I got this position and I learned to pray in my office in here. And read my word here and in my office because, you know, this is like a second home to me now. Like this is a place where I come and I pray and I do all my stuff. But it's helped me. I've got this is like a it's like a privilege thing. It's like it was given to me on a silver platter. But some of us don't really have that. Not to all the only children. Y'all have tons of spots to pray. All right. Y'all have tons of spots. to pray. If you're only like two, if you're only like two siblings, you got that. That's fine. But. But to create a secret place, it's really difficult at times because we it's, maybe it's not just a big family. Maybe it's not just a place where you need to go, but maybe it's something that is holding you back. Because I realize that comfort makes us complacent. And the reason why that does that is because when I'm at home, I'm comfortable. I'm fine. Like, I'm vibing. It's, it's, I'm, I'm completely fine at my house. But to pray and to read my word, it becomes so difficult. I'm like, why is this happening? Because I'm in a place where it's causing me to be complacent. Complacent means to be like stagnant. I'm like not doing anything. And I've learned that in my life. And I want to give you that advice is that if you are too comfortable, it will be hard to read the word of God. It'll be hard to pray to the Lord because you're in a place where there's so many distractions. So like, like when I'm comfortable, comfortable, I don't want to do anything. Like I don't want to do jack squat. Like literally I have my bed, my desk, with my PlayStation, you know where I'm going. <laughs> I ain't moving anywhere else but there. But when it comes to that, I have let that spot, like I said, and, and, and I'm, and I'm going to say this again, none of that's bad. None of that is bad. But if it's constantly what you're feeding and you're giving into it 99.9% of the time, that becomes the issue. Because I've realized that the more I, the whatever I feed, the more I give it as a God to, the more I worship. The more I give to something, the more I worship. So as I give to my PlayStation, I'm worshiping my PlayStation. 
The more I give to my phone at night, the more I worship my phone at night. The more I give to these things, the more I worship it. And that is the scary thing when it comes to why I can't pray, why I can't read my word. Look at what you're feeding yourself. Look at what you're feeding yourself. And that's what Jesus is telling the disciples, uh, not just the disciples, but the the Pharisees. He's letting them know, hey, God is unseen. So he wants him to do, he wants them to do the opposite of what is unseen. Do what is unseen. Do it when you're in your room. Do it when you're by yourself. Don't try and, obviously we're not going to do it. We're not going to pray in front of our family. It's kind of awkward, you know. Like I'm not, I don't even know what to say in front of people. That's why it's hard to pray sometimes in front of others. But I've learned that being by myself is a place where there's no distractions, no, no places where I give in to, because I become, I don't know if this is you, I become ADHD when I start to pray or read my word. I don't know why, but like I will check my phone, I'll, I'll, I'll think about this question or that question, like a million thousand thoughts, million thousand, thousands and millions of thoughts come through my mind and it's like, okay, I can't even catch my breath to actually read or pray. And that's what God is, that's what Jesus is saying. He said, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to the Father who is unseen. The secret place is hard, but you have to learn to discipline yourself to do it. The second thing I want to talk about is Romans chapter 10, verses 17. I'm reading from the ESV translation. It says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. And that's the second thing I want to talk about. The source of our faith comes from hearing the word of Christ. Faith is always, it's always the stepping stone to how you can walk with God. It doesn't just take a feeling. It doesn't just take a, 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 a moment of like, wow, this feels great. It takes faith where it tells me, where I tell myself, I can't feel him. I can't see him, but I'm still going to do it either way because I know he's there. That's faith. That takes faith. Because you've learned two things about the Bible. You have two types of people. You have the baby atheists, and then you have the over-spiritual people. I'm going to talk about the baby atheists first. They will think it's not relevant to today. They will think that it's ridiculous. It's just an old man's book. You, you, you Karens and you Chads and you Boomers read it. You don't need to read it. It's just ridiculous. Then you have the overly spiritual people that think every time you read the word, a Care Bear, like you're like a Care Bear, love shoots out of your chest. And you're like, oh, this is great. This is, it's like a drug. They act like it's a drug. So you have those two types of people that constantly make you wage war with like, okay, is this really relevant? Should I really believe this? And then it gets you nervous thinking like, oh, like I'm going to feel like this, like, Weird, like, spiritual drug, like, oh, this, is, this is weird. But it's where are you in the middle. I'm in the middle with it. I know God is spiritual. I know God's supernatural. He's all-knowing. He's all, he's everywhere. He's omnipresent, omnipotent. He's everywhere, and he's everything. But he makes things so simple. Like, guys, I tell y'all, God makes things so simple that it'll make sense when he reveals it to you. You want to know why sometimes the Bible doesn't make any sense? Because God hasn't revealed it to you yet. Sometimes the revealing comes later on when you've actually experienced it. Let me tell you something. Three, four years ago, before I, re- when my life got really wrecked from real life, real situations, I could not understand the Bible at all. And I couldn't understand the things that people went through. That's, that's, that was just me being a sheltered homeschool boy. But once I got into real life and I started experiencing real situations, now I understand. 
now I get it. Because it's when you get into situations, then you start to understand. Because some of us really haven't gone through stuff yet. Especially if it's mentally, emotionally, maybe even physically. But a lot of us go through stuff emotionally and mentally. And that's when the Bible starts to really relevate, be relevant in your life. Is when you really go through situations. And we need a daily hearing and reading of scripture in our life. You don't just need me preaching to you. You need to read the word. You need to read it. Because you can hear every sermon that I preach. You can hear every word that I speak. But unless you read it for yourself, it's not going to really resonate within you. Because the Bible is personal. The Bible is more personal than I will ever be with you. And that's what I've learned in my own life is that if I read the word, that's how God really speaks to us. It's one of the easiest places that God's going to speak. It's one of the easiest places. God speaks through people. God speaks through things. But it's when it comes to his word that really speaks to us. Having a quiet time is hard sometimes. Discipline and consistency is not easy. But they are incredibly important. So I thought of like a cool like sport iconic player. I thought of a ton of people, but I think I'm going to talk about Drew Brees because that's I know him the most. I know him. Per- Any of y'all follow sports? Not really. Not anymore. <laughs> I'm full of sports, homie. I really, Drew Brees, I'm I'm, 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 going to flex on him for a second. Drew Brees is one of the best quarterbacks hands down. I don't care about Tom Brady. I don't care about any of those people. I only care about Drew Brees, and so does my mom. But I want to talk about him for a second because I I want you to to know about something about athletic stuff because I know a lot of us don't like that. But, but with, we know no good athletes achieve greatness by only practicing every once once every week or so. They don't they don't just do it from just doing it every once in a while. It just they, it just comes to mind. Oh, I should go practice. I remember the story where when Drew was first starting in the NFL, he was on he was on I think he was on the Chargers or something like that, and he played quarterback for three years. Great, he did he was doing really really well. He kind of sucked. I, I ain't gonna lie, I've seen it. But he was doing his best, but it was, I think it was his third year. I forgot which game it was. I think it was in the beginning of the season where he tore something in his arm. I forgot what it was. But, and I read his book. If you read his book, it's really good because he talks about his faith. And he talked about how when he ripped his arm, I think it took about a year and a half for it to heal because he didn't start playing for the Saints in 2006. And he, he said it wasn't just every doubt in his mind. It was every doubt in his body that he knew he wasn't going to play again. He had a lot of doubt in his mind. And and, it, and if you read his book, it's really good. He talked about how he had to discipline himself and be consistent with getting his arm, because it was his throwing arm. He had to get back into shape, back to what he was doing to get it back together. And that's the thing. And it's the same thing with reading your word or prayer. The same can be said for everything else, even musicians. You, you can know the best musician did not just play a few chords and all of a sudden it just came naturally. People take their time to do it. You have to take your time. We prioritize consistency in our meeting with God. We learn how to truly, when we, let me say that again. When we prioritize consistency in our meeting with God, we learn how to truly walk with God in freedom. See, that was the thing that Drew did. He prioritized getting well again. Because if you decide just to let go and just and just let loose, 
nothing gets done in your life when you decide I'm done. I'm finished. I don't like I can't stay consistent in this. Yes, you can. You can stay consistent in what you desire and are passionate about. If you can do that with passion and all that stuff, how much more can you do that with the word of God and when you pray? Because here's the thing. Prayer and the word of God are very important, like I already said. But at the same time, it's something that gives you life. Something far more than sports will ever will. Anything more than any musician could ever, any kind of music idol you could think of, any type of gaming thing, whatever, whatever you... Whatever comes to your mind that you think is the best, it will never satisfy to the point where you're completely whole again. It will never do that. And that's the bottom line to stay consistent in your word, is that it's the only thing that will ever really give you life. James 4, 7 through 8 says this, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And that's where my next thing comes in. Submit to God and draw near to him, and he'll draw near to you. That is the encouragement that I give to you. The hope I want to give to you is draw near to him. Draw near to him. An easy way to remember this and to be more accessible and be more successful with quiet time is I call it find a slot and a spot. A slot is a time, and a spot is a place. So I call it a slot and a spot. Look to your neighbor and say slot, and then say spot. Slot, spot. That's, that's weird. Slot and spot. That's what I've learned from is picking a time and picking a place to do it. And that's how you stay really consistent is you have to push yourself to do it. A slot is a time you meet with God, and a spot is a place where you meet with him. Schedule your time. This is where I want you to apply apply this to you. Schedule your time and find a place. If you made, if you were, if you were really sick, you had coronavirus, right? You had coronavirus, and you made an appointment with your doctor. You wouldn't miss that appointment. Come hell or high water, right? You wouldn't miss that appointment. If you were dying, you wouldn't miss an appointment with a doctor, bro. I would not miss an appointment. I would not miss my appointment with a doctor if I was really, really sick. But when you are sick in sin, make an appointment with the great physician and meet with him. When you're dealing, because let me tell you something. I'm not just talking, I'm not just, you're, you're not in your word because you're lazy. You're not in your word because you can't make time. You can't, you're not in your word, you're not praying because I just don't think about it. It's in the back of my mind. Because everybody's like that. Maybe it's something's blocking you. Maybe in shame. Maybe in guilt. Maybe in a dysfunction that's stopping you from getting in the word of God and praying. God, I, had, I learned this just the other day because I felt so much shame trying to get back into the presence of God. Trying to get back into the word of God. Because I, I was out of the game a little bit. I ain't going to lie. And I had to push, push back into it. Because I was dealing with so many situations in my own life and I was feeling so much guilt beating myself up about certain things, I couldn't get back into it. But let me tell you something. If you break through that mindset of thinking that you can't, you can actually do it. Don't ever tell yourself that you can't. Don't ever tell yourself that you can't pray. Don't ever tell yourself that you can't praise God. Because he's made a way for you to pray. 
He's made a way for you to worship him. He's made a way for you to read his word. One of the, and, and that's the one thing people ask. Why doesn't God speak to me? He does. You just don't see it the way you want to see it. The way God speaks is past the expectation. And I'm going to tell you why. A few weeks ago, I was really discouraged because I was dealing with rejection. And Psalm 91, you can write this down. Psalm 91 verse, I think it was one through two or three. The first part said, because I love him, says the Lord, I will rescue him. And that really hit me in a way. I was like, dang, that really spoke to me because the word speaks to you. Three days, four days later, uh, a buddy of mine from school hooked, uh, hit me up and I was telling him about that rejection thing. I was like, bro, I don't know how to handle this. And he told me, dude, I don't know. I don't know why this was put in my heart, but I want to tell you because you love God and you're so passionate about it. He's going to rescue you from this. And I was like, bruh, that really, I didn't, even, I didn't tell him Jack. I didn't tell him anything. But he spoke the same words that I read in, in God's word. Now you tell me that God doesn't speak. You tell me that God doesn't speak to you in that regard. Because, and here's the thing, we, God doesn't speak to us because we don't listen, read, or hear him. We don't hear God because we don't listen. And that's always been something that's resonated with me. Because somebody told me that one time, because I was really in some bad stuff. And, and, and I told him, I said, I can't, I can't hear God. Like, like, this is ridiculous. He said, you're not listening. You're not listening. And I thought to myself, I'm like, dude, this is stupid. I'm literally listening every day. Like, I don't get this. He told me, if you really listen and you really become obedient to listening to what God has to say, not just through a loud voice in heaven, but through something in his word, something that someone says that aligns with the word of God, if that, if you can hear that, then God is speaking to you. And that gave me a better perspective of knowing I do hear God. You just can't hear him the way you want to hear him. He doesn't go by agenda. He goes by unexpectation. He goes by passing something that you thought he would say or something you thought he would say like this. That's not how God works. God goes beyond expectation. God goes beyond you thinking he's going to do this. He does it beyond that. He does it in excellence. And that's what I want to encourage you with reading his word is that his word speaks you just have to read it. You just have to read it. And I want to encourage you with that as I finish this. The application I want to give to you this week, I want to challenge you. Find a slot and a spot to meet with God. Find a time and a place this week to meet with him. It's awkward. firsthand, awkward. But if you really press, if you really love God, if you really press in and you really want to speak to him, you're going to have to push past that. You're going to have to push past God. I'm tired of feeling this way. I need to talk to you. I gave you all that opportunity last week. I let y'all talk with God. But with his word, read it. If your parents are overly spiritual, ask them a book to read. I always, I ask my mom, like, mom, what book should I read this week? I, I ask that. Ask me. Ask someone you know that, that reads the word of God. Ask them, hey, what, what should I start with? Because nothing is greater than getting help. Because sometimes you don't know where to start. But what I want to encourage you with, is that start somewhere where you can start to hear the word of God. Not just from me, not just from Pastor Brandon, not just from a preacher that you listen to, but to the word that makes it personal to you. That's what I want you to, that's what I want to challenge you with this week. Find a spot and find a place to meet with God, to pray, 
and to ask him, what do you want to speak to me through your word today? Have faith in it. You got to have faith. So everybody can bow their heads and close their eyes. I'm going to finish off with this. You can turn the lights off, Anna. I want to finish with this. Maybe some of us have neglected our relationship with God and need some time to reconnect. And I gave you all that last week, but I still want to give you guys that opportunity. I still want to give you guys that, that moment of praying and asking God to give you that opportunity and talking with him. So I want to give you guys a, a slot and a spot moment. And I'm going to ask Treve and Haley, can you all come up and do one of the songs for me? We're going to have a worship, another worship moment. I'm going to ask you to stand up in just a second. But I want to take another moment to pray. Another moment like we did last week. Y'all can do the song Abide for me, please. And I want you to take a moment to get with God again. And not just today. Not just get with God today like we did last week, but get with Him every day like this. Because if you get with Him like this, your mindset changes, your joy changes, your peace changes. When you get time with God, things start to change. Even though your situation doesn't change, you start to change. God would rather change you than change the situation. He would rather change you than change the situation that you're in. So give Him that opportunity. Prioritize meeting with God with, with this. And watch the world around you change a little bit. Even though it might not change as much, maybe you're going through some hard stuff as a teenager. You don't feel welcome. You don't feel accepted by people. You don't. You feel like everyone's against you. God's for you. God's for you. So I want to take this moment to sing this song and worship instead of just praying. I want you to give this moment to God. And I'm going to ask everyone to stand up. Y'all can stand up. And I want to give you all this moment to worship God. Because if you give God time to worship, he'll do something in your life. So I'm going to give you all this song. And I'm going to come back up and pray for us after the worship song.
presence isn't what his MO is. Abiding is a very different thing than striving. Striving is trying to get into it, trying to do it. But abiding is just accepting it. I've talked about this before, about his presence in one of my sermons that we did during the pandemic. I talked about abiding. I talked about grasping onto his presence. You don't have to strive to do it. Whoever told you that Ever, if you've ever expected that the enemy has played with you thinking that you can't get into his presence, that you got to try. That's far away from the truth. All you have to do is just accept his presence. And that's what he wants for us this morning is to get in his presence. Father, we ask, Lord, that your presence goes with us wherever we go. Lord, I pray that you give us a desire to read your word. Lord, that you speak through your word. That you speak through the things that that pass our expectation, Lord. That we feel like we have to hear you in a loud, bound voice. But Lord, you're as simple as a conversation, Lord. You're as simple as words on your holy page, Father. You are so simple in those areas. And Father, we ask, Lord, to speak through us through those things, Father. Lord, we ask for your presence to dwell within us and so that we abide and accept so we don't have to strive for it so we don't have to treat it like it's some type of goal but the goal's already there because you made a way 
Father, we ask for this, Lord. We ask for your presence for the rest of the day, rest of the week, Lord. And give us a desire to pray, get in that secret place, and read your word. Lord, we ask for this. Lord, we ask for your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen.